Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... Everybody can play a role in the impact economy, right? So if you have mm-hmm. money to invest, great. You should be investing on those principles, I think. Uh, if you you know, if you have an idea and you want to launch an impact, uh, an impactful social venture, fantastic. If you want to work with them, volunteer with them, there's ways for everybody to kind of um, take part in, in this important work. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 338 of Impact Boom. My name's Indio Miles, and I'm passionate about communicating the initiatives and enterprises causing sustainable and positive change globally. Today, we're speaking with Oliver Libby. Oliver B. Libby is the co-founder and managing partner of HL Ventures and City Rock Venture Partners. Based in New York City and founded in 2009, HL Ventures is dedicated to building high-growth businesses that protect and promotes people and the planet, with a strong preference for diverse leaders. Libby began his career in the US government and later at a global managing consulting firm. He graduated magna cum laude from Harvard College. Libby also chairs the board of the Resolution Project Incorporated, a nonprofit organization based in New York City, which he co-founded in 2007. Through its social venture challenges held at leading youth conferences around the world, Resolution identifies undergraduate students who wish to launch new social ventures. The resulting Resolution Fellowships provide dynamic, hands-on mentorship and grants to implement their social ventures, a full ecosystem of support that empowers the recipients to become socially responsible leaders. Oliver, thank you so much for joining us today. It's really, really exciting to have you here. It's my pleasure. I'm uh, looking forward to our conversation. Excellent. So to start off, Oliver, could you please just share a bit about your background and then what led to your work in impact investment? Yeah, you know, so in terms of my background, I'm a little bit of a cross-sector uh, animal, if you will. I've, I've been in the government, I've been uh, done a bunch in the philanthropic and nonprofit space, and certainly, mm-hmm. of course, in the venture and entrepreneurship space as well. So, uh, you know, have kind of seen all the different contributions that the sectors can have to moving the ball forward on um, and major global challenges. And so, uh, you know, I think that's, that's become a, a, an important thread that weaves through my life. My background is, uh, and kind of the, the impetus for me being an impact comes from two communities that I was a part of uh, earlier in my life. I was born in a family of doctors and scientists and had the chance to work in doctor's offices and laboratories when I was just a kid. I grew up uh, around those communities and the two overarching, you know, driving factors for success in that community uh, is mission orientation. And doctors and scientists are very driven by helping people and helping humanity uh, and diversity. There was a tremendous amount of diversity. I remember my grandfather's laboratory had postdocs from the Midwest of the U.S. and Africa, Japan, Germany. 
company all over the world, all genders, sexual orientations. It was a very powerful experience. I myself started in the government and in the national security world, and once again was surrounded with people who were mission-driven and very diverse talent. Interestingly, when I then went into the innovation world in the mid-2000s, uh, I found a much more homogenous place that was driven by, uh, you know, multiples and exits and uh, very homogenous in terms of the kinds of founders, most of whom looked like me and went to schools like mine. And uh, it was a very easy decision from there to see if we could, uh, you know, breathe some life into uh, an investment thesis that was powered by impact and diversity. Uh, and kind of the same thing with Resolution Project. You know, university students are, you know, very often wanting a mission and wanting uh, you know, to be surrounded by heterogeneous and, and, and you know, fun community of, of difference, uh, seeing solutions that others might miss. And so Resolution was, uh, you know, kind of created to, to uh, help uh, support that uh, ecosystem as well. Mm, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really clear entry point there into that kind of social impact space. And I love how you talked about cross-discipline and working in all of those different spaces as well. I'm sure that provided some really, really amazing experience, which we might get to touch on in this interview. And now you're a managing partner of HL Ventures. So can you share with our audience this firm's activities and their core values? Absolutely. So we are uh, a venture capital firm in many ways, but I think that we we kind of transcend that. So when I, when I started the firm with my partner, Eric, uh, we we started with the kind of a stated purpose to reinvent a venture capital firm for the future. Uh, venture capital has lots of received wisdoms and mythologies that are perhaps, you know, oftentimes uh, the tail wagging the dog, if you will. Um, and we <laughs> challenged a lot of those things with how uh, we structured HL. So HL, you know, it brings really two core mentalities and, and approaches to the way that we do venture. The first is that we're looking for companies at the nexus of growth, impact, and diversity. So this is a firm that believes that impact and diversity drive returns. We are non-concessionary. You know, there's a long simmering debate about whether you can invest in high growth and, and get great returns uh, while also looking for impactful companies and uh, underrepresented founders. Our answer was to go through that and to say, wait a minute, it's not while doing those things, it's because we're doing those things. And we think that impactful companies today have tailwinds that push stronger returns and then underrepresented founders are demonstrably generating better returns when you have diverse founding teams to get better results. So that's the what we're doing. The how we're doing it is a very special thing. It's called daily active engagement. Um, I don't mean daily to be completely literal, but basically we're in almost everyday contact with every founder in the portfolio in a supportive manner. So whatever it is that they need, if they need advice, strategy, structuring, fundraising, business development, marketing, branding, recruiting, talent, culture, anything they could want as the startup founder, uh, as they you know uh, set out to climb their own personal Mount Everest, we are the Sherpas that are there to help them along the way. So of course, we work hard to identify in the beginning of our investment process, quality companies and quality founders, but the work that happens after the check clears and with our companies that are in our venture studio, that is really where the battle is fought and won. So those are the two core philosophies that power what we do at age. Wow. That, that is a really, really fascinating explanation there and some beautiful activities. And I love that idea of that daily active engagement. That's a really, really interesting way of running that kind of, um, I guess, traditionally a bit more disengaged kind of um, venture capital space, which is really, really interesting. And working so closely with all of these diverse founders and entrepreneurs and socially minded individuals, um, how can they, these individuals or businesses actively participate in impact investment and creating change? 
Well, there's a couple of different things. I mean, you know, impact investing uh, is essentially the the movement of capital to support businesses that are trying to solve challenges, we say, protecting and or promoting people and or the planet. And, you know, I think that there's been a big movement. I mean, when we started this firm almost 15 years ago, uh, this was a total uh, niche corner in the investing world. It was somewhat looked down upon as, you know, philanthropy dressed up in business clothes. Uh, it was viewed as very unlikely that this would ever generate, uh, you know, strong investment returns like the more hard-nosed, business-minded, uh, you know, investing styles. Uh, I think we've gone a long way to disproving a lot of that uh, kind of unhelpful mythology. But the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, there, there's always now really shedding light on the fact that we have, you know, been able to create a really strong business uh, while doing it this way, while backing companies and founders like this is really important and shedding light on that. What you're doing, frankly, via this podcast uh, is is incredibly important because that story is now there to be told. And the more assets that are invested with a lens for impact and towards at least diverse, if not completely underrepresented founder teams, uh, those are going to be powerful dollars. Yeah. A few really, really great ideas there. Oliver, and I'm sure that any entrepreneurs or socially minded people that are that are listening to the podcast right now, there's some really good ideas and insights that they can take into their own kind of operations and they can implement in their own businesses or enterprises and not-for-profit organizations. So if we maybe expand on kind of advice a bit more as well and looking a bit more specifically at finances as well, what recommendations would you make to a social enterprise or a not-for-profit to more effectively access financial or even non-financial support for their operations. Sure. Well, and, and you know, back to your prior question, also, India. Like, uh, I think that everybody can play a role in the impact economy, right? So, if you have mm-hmm. money to invest, great. You should be investing on those principles. I think. Uh, if you, you know, if you have an idea and you want to launch an impact, uh, an impactful social venture, fantastic. If you want to work with them, volunteer with them. There's ways for everybody to kind of um, take part in, in this important work. So so that's just one thing I wanted to kind of throw out there. You know, and, and to your question about the finances, I think I'm a big believer in the fact that impact um, coexists with good business practices. So just because you're doing good in the world doesn't get you off the hook for running a, you know, a tough-minded a disciplined business. And so you, it's funny, uh, uh, as you mentioned in my intro, I run HL Ventures, a venture firm. We have about 50 portfolio companies and then also the Resolution Project, which is a nonprofit under U.S. law. And what's Mm -hmm. funny is I've always joked a little bit that we run Resolution Project, which is completely not for profit. We don't make any, every, anything that, that, you know, returns to, to uh, Resolution gets reinvested in the, uh, in the nonprofit. We don't, we're not allowed to take profits from it, Um, but we run it like a startup. Right. So it's very lean. It's very, you know, we've, we've we put a highly leverageable uh, system. We leverage volunteers really well and we leverage, uh, you know, uh, uh, populations of volunteers in other countries. Uh, we've been able to do, I mean, generate, I think, almost $9 billion of market cap across the social ventures that we've started with grants of less than $10,000. So it's an extremely leverageable, really lean business model, even though it's not for profit. And in the meantime, we've got HL Ventures, which is, you know, investing dollars for a return and I think doing a pretty good job of that. But we run it with the heart of a nonprofit, right? So so our mission is to uplift social ventures and make sure that underrepresented founders have access to capital while unapologetically kind of making money and returns from that. So I think it's about blending those things. But as you think about whatever the... And I would say, like, whenever you're running an organization, that organization can take the shape of 
a government agency. It could be a not-for-profit. It could be a for-profit venture or a scaled, publicly traded, massive corporation. It, it you know you need disciplined finances, but you need to understand what you're trying to do with that. And and we believe that businesses, organizations, nonprofits that are dedicated to helping people on the planet are going to have better results long term. Yeah, hundred percent. Really, yeah, really interesting insights there. And if we're looking now maybe at the business sector and the space of social change as a whole, what key observations have you made of the sector in how it's engaging in sustainability and social impact and what's holding back social enterprises from becoming business as usual? That's a that's a huge and really good question. I mean, it's, you know, it's like where this is where the battlefront is, right? So it's, first of all, it's chaos, like any battle. Um, and, and I think there's lots of good things that give me hope. There's the fact that so many more assets now and large asset managers are, are holding themselves to at least some sort of, you know, environmental, social and, and, uh, and governance, uh, ESG. Uh, metrics and norms. Uh, it makes me really happy that the next generation of family wealth, uh, you know, a very wealthy, high net worth families are pushing their families to more impact investing and to making sure that that allocation is part of their family strategy. It makes me happy that media organizations are holding corporations to a higher standard. Uh, and so are some government agencies. You know, on the flip side, though, is there some greenwashing and ESG washing going on? Is it, uh, you know, easy for companies to uh, very glibly uh, claim some, you know, aspect of what they're doing as positive emissions uh, while they continue to do other things like harm the environment or mistreat their employees? Sure. I think it's all about now, you know, continuing to 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 hone our game as a society to make sure that the gains that we're making in impactful business becoming the norms are consolidated and that we weed out the things that are kind of too loose or too easy um, and uh, and that we remain truthful about that. A lot of the key things about that, India, are, are you know, how do we get cross-cutting metrics that the broader market accepts where we can actually evaluate these things on an even playing ground? We have not made a lot of progress on that. There have been many standards that have come and gone. Um, so we need to do better work there. There's lots of work happening there. We need to uh, have real consequences for negative externalities, things like carbon and, and pollution and dumping and, and such, uh, and, and mistreating employees that needs to have. And then there needs to be a broader acceptance of some of the types of governance that actually allow leaders to lead in certain ways. You know, for example, um, I happen to know some pretty senior people uh, in industries that have polluted or caused damage to the environment. And by and large, these are not terrible human beings who are nefarious actors. But in a lot of ways, the way that we run large companies in America and across the world is to maximize shareholder value alone. There's, you know, new corporate types like benefit corporations here in the U.S. that permission the elevation of other stakeholders, local communities, the environment, your employees. And as this, you know, we have massively increased the number of businesses that are organized on those principles, but there's still so much of a long way to go. So, you know, a long story short, a long and meandering answer, but you know, we've made so much, I mean, in the last 15 years, it's night and day, you know, how much more emphasis dollars and attention and regulation is flowing in the positive direction, but there is an enormous distance left to go. And so the work is there for us to do. Yeah, definitely all about a really fascinating outlook 
about the sector as a whole and, and the evolution of these businesses and these structures towards a more maybe social change and sustainability approach. There's, I'm sure that at HL Ventures, you just encounter this, this movement on a daily basis, which is absolutely amazing place to be. It's kind of like being on the frontier. It's, it's awesome. And if we're moving in now um, to the end of our interview, we've just got two questions left. And I just firstly wanted to ask, especially touching on HL Ventures now and working with all these other organizations, what inspiring projects or initiatives have you come across recently that are creating a positive social change? Uh, you, you know, the wonderful thing about what I get to do for a living is that it's every day is an inspiration. It doesn't mean that there's not, you know, tough days and, and frustrating moments. Don't get me wrong. But uh, every day we get to be, uh, you know, approached by entrepreneurs who have really exciting ideas and, and a lot of passion for changing the world and doing so through the lens of, of business and the same with Resolution Project, to be frank. I mean, so, you know, it's almost like, what is the inspiration of the day, India? You know, um, I mean, I'll, t- I'll tell you just one thing that's in front of mind. We have a, a lovely company in our portfolio named Lollyware, which is uh, engaged and just announced um, the uh, completion of work on a seaweed-based plastic, which is capable of running through the installed base of the plastics industry today. So you can put essentially seaweed-based, uh, uh, you know, uh, essentially a biopolymer, a bioplastic into the back of these old machines that have been around for generations and out comes a straw, a fork, a knife that's made out of seaweed that you you can throw out like a banana peel and it goes away. And, you know, it's just an amazing thing. And and look, one of my philosophies, and I don't mean to sound cynical here at this stage of our discussion, but I I believe that systemic social change for developed countries uh, around the world, uh, particularly uh, you know, the citizens of developed countries don't want to give things up. If they've gone used to a luxury, uh, they're going to want to have it. They're not going to just turn off the air conditioning or stop having straws to drink their, you know, soft drinks through, right? And so the question then for us in the innovation community is working hand in hand with the other sectors, can we provide them with acceptable replacements for those experiences that don't take something away, but that do things in a more sustainable way? And the good news is the you know, the tech cavalry can't save the day every time, but we are riding hard to the sound of the guns with really exciting solutions like what Lollywood is doing, where people will have, you know, that straw or that plastic fork, but it'll be made out of something that's, you know, biocompostable, you know, throw it out the window and it'll be gone in 60 days kind of thing. And that's a really exciting development. And if you pair that with the right regulations and the right work from nonprofits across the sectors, we can really solve some of these challenges that seem so depressing and intractable. Yeah, that just sounds like a beautiful initiative. And I really, really love that uh, that analogy, David, you're talking about. There's some amazing progress happening, that's for sure, in that sector. And to finish off, are there any books or resources that you would recommend for our listeners to check out? Um, you know, it, th- there's there's so much that's being written in the impact investing space. Uh, and uh, uh, and I think, you know, a lot of it is actually now being reported by broader, uh, by broader outlets. I mean, I, I certainly... Um, uh, yeah, I have like a, a massive long kind of reading list of, of, uh, of things that come across the search terms that I use. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll tell you this, there's, for example, a really great uh, friend and uh, amazing human being, Howard Buffett, uh, published a book recently uh, on uh, impact evaluation. And I think, you know, if we're really getting down to the, the nitty gritty of the questions you were asking earlier, uh, having shared frameworks for evaluating impact, for guiding companies on how to actually measure real progress and hold themselves to it, that's actually like kind of hiding in the reeds. That's one of the key things that's either going to make this all work or not. Um, so, so you know, that's just one book I can think of at the, the top of my head. But there's really so much to to take in 
here. I think the key, though, for your audience and what I might ask instead of them is when you read something exciting about socially responsible business that's working, share it and talk about it. Bring light to those entrepreneurs and to their efforts because it's really tough to do what they're doing. They are they are laboring against an assumption that their businesses are somehow less than because they have a social mission. Let's all band together to uplift those stories and share them and, and disprove that a very false and old notion. Yeah, beautiful note to end off there and and end off on there, sorry. And that was, yeah, just really, really great recommendation and all that book and all of the enterprises and entrepreneurs and initiatives that you've mentioned throughout the podcast. So all be linked in at the end of the article. So once other people have listened to our conversation or they've had a read, they'll be able to click on through and check all of that out and, and connect in deeper with the sector. So unfortunately, that does bring us to the end of our interview, Oliver. And I just want to say on behalf of Impact Boom, We've really, really appreciated you making the time to, to be here and to have this conversation. We found it very insightful and we've just loved talking to you genuinely about the work at HL Ventures and the work that you're doing in this, this um, venture investment for, for social change. It's just really fascinating to hear more about and there's so many opportunities in that space. So we wish you all the best in the future and we look forward to following your journey. Thank you very much. Well, thank you so much. And I really appreciate you, uh, you know, doing what you do, which is bringing light to these important stories. We need the whole world behind us. It's a long road to go, but I'm excited. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below. And remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.